Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever and back at the seaport. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline, NBA playoffs rolling along. LeBron, Giannis, sitting pretty. Plenty of baseball today. Rivalries at the center of the conversation. And the traditional Friday, who you got? All on the menu. Time to do this. Here we go. Here we go. Only one place to start. All right, here's where I'm not starting today. Here's what I don't want to talk about today. It's a beautiful Friday. We've had a great week. I'm looking forward to a fabulous weekend of sports and more. I don't want to talk about the mouth breathers in Utah who were saying despicable things to John Morant's mother. I don't want to talk about the Cretan who spit on Trey Young in New York. I don't want to talk about the simp who poured popcorn on Russell Westbrook. I don't want to talk about that. I will say that as a reporter for many years before I got this cushy job sitting behind a desk opining on anything and everything I wanted to, I saw and heard a million horrible things shouted at players in arenas, and I saw nothing being done about it. More times than I can count. And so I am delighted that we're now doing something about it. I think that's the right thing. I'm all for fans cheering. I'm all for fans booing. I'm all for fans making creative signs and all of that. But there is an obvious line that should never be crossed. And if you cross it, you deserve to lose the privilege of enjoying these experiences with the rest of us. So the fans who are now banned in Utah, good. The fan who was banned in Philly, good. The fan who was banned in New York, great. I'm in favor of that. That's that. Stop being jerks. It's not that hard. And that is all I want to say about that. What I really want, want to do is have some fun on this Friday. Let's make it Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Great games tonight. Honestly, as Hembo is with us here today, I can't recall the last time I looked forward to an NBA night the way I'm looking forward to this one. Mm. We've got two games on ESPN, one on ABC, and I'm fascinated by at least two of the three. Celtics uh, Nets, uh, which is the middle game, and it'll be on ABC. I don't have a lot of hope for that. If Boston makes it in a series, terrific. Does Kyrie Irving's return to Boston in front of fans do anything for you? Not especially. I mean, I hope we don't have any incident like mm. the kind of thing we're talking about here. But barring that, I expect the Nets just to put this thing away <laughs> easily and quickly and That's that. The Celtics without Jalen Brown had no chance in this series before it began, and I don't think they have a chance now. So I'll watch it, but that's not what I'm – but I will say the other two games tonight. Knicks-Hawks, this is as good a series as I can imagine. I know it's in the first round, and I know neither of these are teams that we expect to get past Philly in the next round. But I can't think of a series that I've seen in recent years that was this evenly matched that I cared about this much. The Nick thing to me is obviously personal, and I love it. And then the Trey Young piece of this, I think, has become fascinating. This is a terrific, incredibly evenly matched series. With two very disparate styles of play, too. You're seeing one strength on one side, the defense on the Knicks uh, as their strength on the other. That's what makes it uh, fascinating to me as something of a nerd. Our producer, uh, excuse me, Nuno, Mm -hmm. is a crazy Nick fan. What is the one thing you're looking for tonight in this game? What is the one most important thing, Nuno, that needs to happen for the Knicks to steal back home court advantage in this series tonight. I am worried about early whistles because the Hawks continue to complain about fouls or non-fouls. They did it again yesterday. I am really worried about how this game will be officiated early. 
See, he reminds me more of my dad every time I talk to him. I asked him, what are you looking forward to? And he went right to, I'm worried the refs are going to screw us. That, that's, that's ex- and I love it. I say this with all love and respect because that's exactly what my father would have said. My father, if he ever saw a picture of Michael Jordan anywhere, would say, do you know how many calls he got, Michael? You realize he pushed off on every single play. That, that's that, To this day. Six championships, Dad. Should Michael Jordan be in the Hall of Fame? Forget the Hall of Fame, Michael. Do you know how many calls he got? <laughs> That's all I would hear from him. So I, I received that from Nuno very well tonight. And then the Clippers tonight, are they really going to go out like this? Are they just going to get worked by Luka and Dallas? I will just say I hope so. Because I believe firmly in the expression, ball don't lie. They richly deserve it. They tank their way into this thing. They deserve to get bounced. Let's see what happens. Tim Legler will be here in a few minutes to get us into all these hoops. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Uh, the lines tonight, who's my – I'll get you from these from you, Hembo. Uh, you are my, my vice president of gambling. The Hawks, a four-and-a-half-point favorite tonight at home over the Knicks. Who do you like? I like the Hawks. Nets, like a seven-and-a-half-point road favorite at Boston. Uh, Boston, seven-and-a-half is a lot to spot a team on the road. 96% of the money is on the Clippers tonight, a two-point favorite at Dallas. Bang the Mavericks, like the Mavericks with that line. Meet 96. I don't know everything. You could even say I don't know anything. I lean on Hembo for most of my gambling insight. But if there's one thing I do know is if 96% of the money is on anything, go the other way. <laughs> the 4% is almost always the better bet. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Again, Tim Legler on the Goodyear hotline, less than 10 minutes on all of these basketball games. But one other thing first. I made an observation, and I wonder if everyone finds this as interesting as I do. I, I, I have gotten, as time has gone on, 53 years old, and I'm in the business 30 years I love the games. I still love them as much as I ever did. And if I ever stop loving them, I'll stop doing this. But you do reach a point sometimes where the games start to meld together a little bit. And what I'm more fascinated by than ever are the personalities, the psychology of it all. So for that, I turn for the expertise on this to Bubba, our disheveled board operator, who, again, before he started a very successful and notable career in radio production was really one of the best known and, and most respected voices in the psychological community in this country, has written several books on the uh, subject, and the most best-selling of which was just called Psychology by Bubba. Um, and anyway, I've made this observation. Bubba, what do you think of this? Aaron Rodgers has been super famous for a very long time. He has been romantically connected to women that I think are Every bit as, if not more famous than his current fiance, And yet, I have never seen a picture of him on vacation until this week. Right, he and Danica Patrick, they must have gone to Hawaii or someplace fun. He and Olivia Munn must have been in Bali frolicking at some point. <laughs> I've never seen a picture of that. I didn't know what Aaron Rodgers looked like without a shirt on until this week. When all of a sudden, when he's holding out, and the Packers are on the week of OTAs. There's Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley on Miles Teller's wife's Instagram, shirtless and frolicking in a bathing suit in Hawaii. Bubba, I ask you, is this a coincidence? No, it is definitely not a coincidence. And it is very clear that Aaron Rodgers is doing the classic psychological term of 
Mind Games. Correct. <laughs> that, that is correct. That was actually Bubba's sequel to Psychology. It was called Mind Games by Bubba. What is the game? What is the message that he's sending, Bubba? Psychologically, what, what message is he tacitly sending to the Packers organization? He's telling them, listen, bros, I'm having a great time, and I don't even need you guys. If you don't want me back, then... I'm just going to have a fun time in Hawaii. Ding, ding, ding. That's exactly what it is. That is exactly what it is. In any standoff, in any battle of wills, in any game of chicken, there is really only one question that needs to be answered, and that is, do you need me more than I need you? It's that simple. And that's what Aaron Rodgers is trying to tell the Packers and everybody. They need me more than I need them. Now, the question is, is that true? The answer is yes and no. Aaron Rodgers could obviously walk away from football today and lead a magnificent life. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's legendary. He can do whatever he wants for the rest of his life based simply on being Aaron Rodgers. He could become the host of Jeopardy, I think, if he wants to. He's about to marry a beautiful Hollywood actress. He could go into show business. He could do anything he wants with the rest of his life. And if we're going to just base it on that, then, of course, the Packers need him more than he needs them. The one thing I will say is, and I don't know him well, I've been around him a little, Is that the way he wants to go out? Does he want to go out the guy who just hated the general manager so much he retired (laughs) rather than play for him anymore? Like, I have a tough time picturing that. Somewhere along the line, and, and the first time I ever was aware of the game of chicken was in the legendary movie Rebel Without a Cause. Now, that's such an old movie now. I don't even know if most people know what I'm talking about. But James Dean and Sal Minio are two actors, and they're driving in cars, and they're both driving as fast as they can up to a, like a, the edge of a cliff, and the game of chicken is who hits the brake first. And whatever, I know, spoiler alert, the movie is 70 years old. <laughs> Sal Minio's sleeve gets tucked in the brake, tucked in the car, and he can't dive out, and he winds up plummeting to a fiery death. Whatever, the point I'm making is... Which of those cars is Aaron Rodgers in? I mean, is there a point at which he is literally willing to just drive right off the cliff, professionally speaking, and say, all right, I'm Thelma and Louising this thing, goodbye. You guys go on with your lives, and I'm not going to be a football player anymore. Like, I, I just have it, I have a tough time picturing him doing that. So if the Packers are really willing to take it all that way, where does it end? I think he's counting on the fact that they won't, I'm not sure how it's going to go, one way or another. We are just getting started. Going to be a fascinating day. I am Greeny. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive's Home Quote Explorer gives you multiple quote options so you can pick what's right for you. See for yourself at Progressive.com. Who wins tonight in Atlanta? Tim Legler has the answer next on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. 
Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny rolling along here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Timmy Legs, Tim Legler, live on the Goodyear Hotline in 30 seconds here, looking ahead to a great night and weekend of NBA action. But I'll spend those 30 seconds reminding you of ZipRecruiter. You know, the football offseason is wild trades, free agent signings, new coaching hires, teams excited for the upcoming season. And if you want to hire people that you're excited about, team up with ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's matching technology finds people with the right experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. No wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. To try ZipRecruiter for free, just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. And with that, I'm delighted to bring Tim Legler back into the conversation here on ESPN Radio. Good morning again, Legs. Greeny, how are you? Well, I'm great. And I opened the show by saying I can't recall a time that I looked forward to a night of NBA action more than I'm looking forward to this one. And let's look at the games and in the order in which they'll be played, starting with Knicks Hawks, which is a I think it's an absolutely fascinating series between two teams that could not be more evenly matched. So I will ask you for sort of a bigger picture. What is going to decide it? What will be the difference in this series between these two teams that are so even? Ultimately, for me, it's going to be the the offensive performance of Julius Randle. I, I think that's what this series is going to come down to. He, look, they gutted it out in game two. They dug deep, and it showed me a lot how badly they want to win, how badly they want to be in this series because they did not play well offensively and still found a way to rally late and get that win and at least get a split at home. Uh, but they're not going to survive this series if Julius Randle doesn't start to have some games like he had most of the regular season. He turned into a legitimate star this year, a guy that can carry you because he's so versatile uh, in the ways he can beat you offensively. And he just obviously hasn't been there the first two games. So for me, that's what you have to look at. I think if Julius Randle, and he doesn't necessarily have to be exactly as good as he was in the regular season, but he's got to be close to that. And if he is, I really like the Knicks to win this series, but it seemed like from the get-go, this had seven games written all over it because of how evenly matched they are, as you just mentioned. 
ultimately, I think his talent can put the Knicks over the top if he can find that rhythm. I want to ask you about Derrick Rose because Rose has been the Knicks' best player in this series. But I wonder at his age, it, you know, they go from Sunday to Wednesday. Nuno made this point yesterday, and it's a good one. They played Sunday, then they play Wednesday. So he's got fresh legs and all of that. Now the turnaround is Wednesday to Friday night, Friday night to the earliest game on Sunday. Do you think that is a factor in how much and how effectively Derrick Rose can play for this team with these tight turnarounds over the course of games three and four? Yeah, I don't think it'll be any issue tonight. I do think when you start talking about, you know, finishing up, you know, 9, 30, 10 o'clock on Friday night and playing early Sunday. Yeah, that's tough for a guy that age. There's no question a guy that's been through what he has physically. So that's a legitimate concern for Sunday. The one thing I will say is Derek Rose has seemed to have found this incredibly comfortable place now uh, in terms of his pace of play. It, you know, his ability to get to mid-range area of the floors and make jump shots. And he's added things to his game he did not have when he was at his best as an MVP, when he was just, you know, at that time, the most explosive point guard we had ever seen play the position. And I think he and Westbrook will go down as the two most explosive athletes we've ever seen play the position. That's what he relied on at that time. The other stuff was, was you know, he it would come, the jumpers and things, because he set you up because you were constantly afraid of him being at the rim. Now it's different. Now he, you know, he plays with a certain pace where he knows where he wants to go on the floor and he knows where his spots are going to be. Um, it, it was an incredible pickup when they got him because he's been so good over these last few years in, in changing his, his play and adapting to extend his career. So I think because he's changed his game so much, I, I do think he's more apt to be able to get through that tight turnaround. But there's no doubt. That's a tough turnaround for any player, much less a guy that's you know that deep into his career to have to. I remember playing games in the NBA when you'd have to do that, playing a Friday night, play a Sunday noon game. Th- those are hard. Your body and your biorhythms are just not built to be playing that early in the day, particularly when you just played on a Friday night. So let's see what happens on Sunday. But I think he's certainly going to be fine tonight. Yeah, for those who like the analytics, the Knicks offense has been 25% more efficient in this series with Rose on the floor than when he's off, and he's a plus 15 through the two games. So we'll see how that goes. Greeny and Tim Legler. On the other side, I don't want to say that the series has been a coming-out party for Trey Young because he was a superstar the one year he was in college, and everyone knows he's good. But I, I was really impressed with the way he rose to the occasion in a tough spot in the garden. I mean, to have in that building with those fans the way they were and 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 for him to rise up and play as well as he did in both games, the game-winning shot in game one and played, I thought, still played great in game two. What, what do you think this these two games to this point, what have you seen in him and, and what do you think it means? Yeah, look, I, I think, first of all, let me just say, Trey, Trey Young's been a better pro than I thought he was going to be. I, I didn't think he'd be a bust by any means. I just, after seeing him in college, when he became a, a sensation, got 10 games into his, his one year he played in college and took over the country, really, you know, led, led the country in scoring and assists and you know, had these huge games to start the year. When he got into the Big 12 school, I, mean, I saw some teams really get into him and force a lot of turnovers. He went a long stretch without making a three-point shot during that season. And I said, you know, he's going to have a hard time at the next level being a star because of just how slightly built he is. He didn't seem like super explosive quick to be able to overcome that. And I didn't know, you know, how it was going to translate. Well, he's clearly you know, proved me wrong in terms of his ability to become a star because he is one. 
And it's really because of skill. He's so elusive with his handle, and he's got such great range, and then he's got these footers and these feathery touch shots that he can shoot on his way to the rim from any distance. And that's how he won game one, really, with a very difficult running shot in the middle of the lane when he eluded to half court uh, and got into that spot. So I think what he's doing now in this stage is he's proving, okay, this isn't just a situation where over the course of 82 games or 72 games this year, you know, regular season, teams aren't really digging in defensively like that. I have freedom of play. I could go do what I want to do, but the playoffs are going to be different, and now I'm going to struggle. He's proving that that's not the case even against a very physical Knicks team. He has been able to get to his spots, and because of his immense skill and shot-making ability, um, and he's got a variety of things he can go to, he shows you he is still able to get it done, even under pressure, even under a physical defense, and even with a team that is clearly targeting him and trying to make him less efficient, because that is the key to stopping that team. And he still has answers for all of that. So I think it's been a treat for everybody that doesn't watch a ton of Atlanta Hawks basketball or seen Trey Young very much as a pro. You're really finding out how special this guy is because at his size and weight, to be able to do the things that he does when you've got an entire defense with his name written at the top of the whiteboard and you go out there and he still does what he wants to do, it's pretty impressive, Green. He has shown me he's, he's going to be a much better pro and have a much better career than I thought when he came out. Yeah, me too. I will 100% with you. I'm glad you see it the same way I do. He's got onions too, to use the expression that people will sometimes use <laughs> going into that building. Legs with me on the Goodyear hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. The player that, that Trey Young will always be sort of compared with is Luka Doncic because of the trade on draft day and all the rest of that. And I was just looking, there's a note that just went out through ESPN's analytics people and I haven't had a chance to really dive into it, but that there, there, I guess there are advanced analytics that suggest that Luca has taken his game even another step further in, in, you know, in the, this season and into this early part of the postseason. Legs, are they just going to bury the Clippers here? Are they just going to put this thing away? And if so, what does that mean for the Clippers? Yeah, so look, any team that digs a hole, you, have, you ask yourself a question when you're trying to see can they get back in it. And the question is, do they have enough talent relative to the team they're playing to get back in the series? Obviously, the Clippers do. So this is the one situation where you go, you know what? It's not quite over yet. If they win game three, you now put an incredible amount of pressure on the Mavericks in that fourth game. But here's the thing. What I've seen out of Luka Doncic and the Mavericks is this. They are looking at a team that they don't fear in any way in terms of, physically stopping us from running what we want to run, from having our best player control all of the action, which Luka Doncic is. This was a team that they played a year ago in the playoffs, and if you recall, I mean, they were trying to take him out every time he went to the basket. It seemed like Luka Doncic was in an altercation with somebody every trip up the floor, and they felt like this is the way to get into his head. He was a little bit more immature at the time. He would overreact to that stuff. He was more prone to then turn the ball over or take a bad shot because he didn't really know how to handle his emotions. Well, he's reined that in to a large extent this year. His frustration is not palpable anymore. He doesn't wear that on his sleeve to such an extent that you feel like if I just get up in him at half court, bump him a few times or hit him on his way to the rim, we might throw him off his game for the next four or five minutes. That's behind him. He's now looking at a team. He expects what they can do to him defensively. It's really fascinating to watch. So, 
for the Mavericks, they're looking at the Clippers, and, and to, to use an analogy, they see chum in the water. I mean, they're sharks, and they see chum in the water because that's what it looks like the Clippers. They look like a team that is not tough enough. They don't have enough emotion. I think their, lead, their leadership is too calm, cool, and collected. And I'm talking about all of them, from Kawhi Leonard to Paul George to Teron Liu. When your best players only lead by example, sometimes it's not enough. Mm-hmm. You need somebody to show some emotion, and, and it's their best two players. But they don't really do that. And I think it, it trickles down to their entire team to where now the Dallas Mavericks, they sense this opportunity is there now. Obviously, you go up 2-0, you think you're going to win the series. Clippers can get back in it because of the talent they have. But I just don't know that they've got the persona to get back in this series. And that's why I think Dallas, look, I, Dallas, if the Clippers win, and Dallas winning one of these two, and they're going to go back to L.A. up 3-1. That, that's, that's my impression of how this series is going to go. And at that point, I don't think a team with Luka Doncic on it is going to lose three straight games. Fascinating. And that is such great insight into what we're seeing from Kawhi and Paul George, and we'll see. There will be a price to be paid reputationally if they go down quietly in this thing after the way they sort of jerry-rigged themselves into getting into the spot that they are. Legs, enjoy the game this weekend. Thank you, my friend. I'll see you next week. You got it, Greeny. Thanks. Right, it's Timmy Legs with me here. Greeny with you. And I want to remind you, obviously, we're with you coast to coast every single day on ESPN Radio. You listen here with us, and we're delighted. There's two other ways that you can hang out with us as well. We stream on ESPN+. Plus. Every single day, sign up ESPN+. Plus. You can watch the show anytime you want. And we have the podcast, obviously. It is called Hashtag Greeny. They take the podcast. They take each of the hours, make it its own individual daily podcast. It's available anywhere you listen to your podcast. Uh, the show is called Hashtag Greeny. All right, Bubba, give me a little music. All right, I want to say a very happy birthday to a legend. The logo... Jerry West is 83 years old today. And Jerry West, is, it was brought to my attention that it was his birthday today. He has had, not only is he one of the greatest basketball players that ever lived, he's the logo for crying out loud, but he's also had one of the great second acts of any player I can think of, of any great player. I'm not talking about someone who dabbled in a sport and then became an all-time great coach or executive or whatever, but of players who were genuinely great players and then went on to do something else. He has had one of the great second acts, and so we thought that would make a really good green list. The list is what determines who matters in this business. Green list. And so today's green list are the top five second acts, the top five genuinely great players, not just people who played, but genuinely great players who went on to have second acts that feel even bigger than their careers. Number five. Five is Charles Barkley. Now, Barkley is a first ballot Hall of Famer, five-time first-team All-NBA, won two Olympic gold medals, was the MVP of the league. So it's hard to say his second career has been better But I actually think it has been. I think Charles Barkley has become the most significant broadcaster in the history of pro basketball. Can can that be disagreed with? Is is there anyone whose commentary has been as meaningful as his? He's been at TNT since 2000. He was, by the way, the first ever celebrity picker on college game day Hmm. in 2004. He's just, you don't need me to tell you what a big deal Barkley has been. I actually think you could make the case that his career, his second career, has been even bigger than his first, which is remarkable. Number four. At number four is George Foreman. 
George Foreman had two separate great heavyweight boxing careers, was the champ on multiple occasions. He won a gold medal at the Olympics in 68. He's 76-5 and all-time, two-time world champion. But, oh, by the way, may now be better known for the grill. <laughs> Is George Foreman now better known for the grill than he was as a fighter? He has paid 40% of the profits from each sale of the grill. Over the years, the George Foreman Grill has sold over 100 million units. There have been months that he was making $8 million a month in royalties. (laughs) They paid him a staggering $138 million lump sum to buy the rights to use his name on their grill in perpetuity. George Foreman made $138 million on the grill. He has had a bigger career After he stopped being a fighter. Number three. Number three is Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk won 73 titles as a professional skater, invented tons of moves, won 10 goals at the Summer X Games, was the first skateboarder to land a 900. But Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, the video game, which debuted in 1999 and its subsequent versions have generated more than a billion dollars in sales. A billion dollars. Dollars in sales, making it among the most successful video games of all time. Now, I'm not an expert in skateboarding, but I think Tony Hawk's second career has been even bigger. It was reliant upon, but has been even bigger than his first. Number two. Number two, I'm going to go with Michael Strahan. Michael Strahan was, got into the Hall of Fame, I believe, on the second in his second year of eligibility. He's a Super Bowl champ. He was the defensive player of the year. He still holds the sack record. But I think his broadcasting career now is bigger than his playing career. I really do. He started out when he was on with Kelly Ripa, and he became huge and then goes to Good Morning America. And between that, he still does the football at Fox. But on GMA and all this, he's become, I think, one of the most well-known and significant broadcasters in the country. Well beyond sports. He does news stuff. I don't get to watch Good Morning America because I'm on at the same time. But I'm well aware. I think Michael Strahan's second career at this point is bigger than his first. And so what's going to be number one? I'm looking around. I'm looking at Brandon. Okay. Uh, what? No. <laughs> no. That guess is not right. Number one. Number one is John Madden. John Madden is a Hall of Fame pro football coach who yesterday, my mother-in-law, who is in town and staying with us because of her, her grandson's graduation, when I asked, where are the boys, said they're downstairs playing Madden. <laughs> okay? Uh-huh. My, my, he had to be one. My, my kid's grandmother knows the name Madden. She has no idea who John Madden is. She wouldn't know the Oakland Raiders from, the, from, the, <laughs> from anything. He, he, first of all, even before the video game, he was the, I think, the biggest commentator in the history of pro football, right? I mean, he, he was yeah. probably the most important analyst in the history of any sport. Probably. I, I don't want to get into a whole separate argument over that because it isn't even that that makes it this. Because the Madden video game has been around since 88. As of 2013, the franchise has generated over $4 billion in sales. John Madden is number one 
on the list of second acts among greats in the histories of sports. Charles Barkley, George Foreman, Tony Hawk, Michael Strahan, and John Madden. I love that list. That is an, I'm, I am delighted that we did that list. All right, coming up, uh, we have a lot that we're going to get to here uh, as we continue. I was going to get the phone calls in, but I don't have time to set that up. So let me push that back a little bit here, and we'll get to something else coming up next um, here on the program. I read something that I simply cannot believe, and I wonder if you, like I, will find it infuriating. We will get to it next on ESPN Radio. The playoffs are back. I think it's KD, though, that has more to prove than anybody in the NBA right now because of Golden State and how he left. Opinions, analysis, and the latest news. Monday morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Greenie, the podcast. All right, I'm Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and more at Progressive.com. I read something on my way into work today I just couldn't believe. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I read this from Zach Lowe. Zach Lowe wrote, The Milwaukee Bucks weren't afraid of an NBA playoffs rematch with the Miami Heat after losing to them in the second round of last year's postseason. He wrote how the Bucks could have avoided Miami in the first round by effectively laying down against the Heat in their penultimate game of the regular season. Lowe wrote they had internal discussions about potentially doing so. They unanimously opted against it. They wanted to enter the postseason in rhythm. They would not evince any fear of any opponent. To which I ask, what the actual heck is going on here? Are we supposed to applaud their bravery? As Chris Rock would say, what do you want, a cookie? Herman Edwards used to say, you play to win the game. It is ridiculous 
These teams tanking to avoid opponents? Do you want to be a champion? Win. Champions don't lose on purpose. Champions are offended by the very idea. If you're going to win a championship in the NBA, you're going to have to beat good teams. That's why the Clippers aren't going to be champions. I hope they get swept. Wendy was dead right the other day with what he said about that. I don't understand what the game plan was. He did not have the team ready to play. He did not have a defensive game plan to put them in a position to win. And Wendy just crushing them on this show. Not only are they disappointing with their intensity level, the, the, the tanking that they did last week flabbergasted me. I've never seen a more gutless approach to the playoffs. And, and, and again, you can't give me anything about other teams tank. This was a unique situation for reasons I don't need to get into. I've never seen such a gutless thing. Um, I can't believe that Jerry, that a team that employs Jerry West would sign off on something like that. A to the men on Jerry West's 83rd birthday. <laughs> I mean, when did this happen? We're going to lose games on purpose so that we don't have to play someone in the first round? What the hell are you talking about? That's not what champions do. Champions say, yeah, I'll see you in the parking lot and I will kick you behind. Wherever you want to play. When do you want to play? Where do you want to play? What style do you want to play? We'll beat you. Is Luka Doncic, you think, sitting there going, I really hope we don't have to play them in the first round? Come on, it's ridiculous. So I, I couldn't believe what I was reading. Just doesn't make any sense. So I don't know how we got here, but something has to be done. Baseball did a very good job with this incentivizing winning the division over the wild card. I like that. Now, I've said forever, too many NBA teams make the playoffs. I wanted them cut in half. They'll never do that. But what if we only guaranteed the top four spots instead of six? So right now, the play-in tournament involves seven and eight. What if the play-in tournament somehow involved five and six as well? Would that address this? Hembo, you typed up an idea. What was your idea? Let the top seeds in each conference actually pick their opponent. So, for example, we can have a show on ESPN. The Utah Jazz earned the number one seed. The Utah Jazz comes to the podium and they say, we're going to play so-and-so or such-and-such in the first round. They pick their opponent, Phoenix Suns are the two seed, and so on and so forth. That's how you determine the playoff field. I love it. Mm. I love it. Nuna, what do you think of that idea? I, I for one, absolutely love it. Uh, sure, let's do it. <laughs> Why do I sense that someone else was talking to Nuno at the same time and he has no idea what we're talking about? Get people the hell out of the control room while we're doing a show here. I, does, in case anyone hasn't noticed, I sometimes come to Nuno for thoughts and Bubba as well. The point of it is I love it. And it also adds mm. more drama and intrigue because now everyone knows who picked who. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I love that. Bad so I, blood. Something that makes that better. I love it. I personally like that idea. I would love to see it happen. One way or another, this whole idea that they should be applauded for winning a game at the end so they didn't get to skip playing Miami in round one, that, that, that to me, if anyone, if anyone says, well, look at the bravery, the courage, the toughness, the fortitude of the Milwaukee Bucks for that. Again, I'm not knocking the Bucks. They look unbelievably good. But one of the reasons that we should celebrate them is not that they were brave enough not to tank games at the end of their season. Meanwhile, there's one more thing. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? Did I read this right? 
Did Terry Francona say the Indians are placing right-handed pitcher Zach Plesac on the injured list because of a non-displaced fracture on his right thumb suffered while, quote, rather aggressively ripping off his shirt? (laughs) Did I read that right? That's one of those that you have to read like seven times. Hembo, am I getting that right? Zach Plesac is on the I.L., because of a thumb injury suffered, a non-displaced fracture of his thumb on his pitching hand suffered while rather aggressively ripping off his shirt. Mm. Is there another way to rip off your shirt? I mean, I, I don't know. I've, I've been, I'm trying to think. I don't think I've ever in my life disrobed in such a manner <laughs> that it could have caused any level of injury. How aggressively was he ripping off his shirt? Rather. What is he, the Hulk? I mean, and he's just sort of ripping his clothes off as he goes. What the hell are we talking about? He got lit up today. How do you hurt your thumb so badly that you fracture it by rather aggressively ripping off your shirt? Please tell me someone has video of the shirt ripping. I need to see just how rather aggressive it was. By the way, we have an NL battle, NL East battle Sunday. Mets Braves presented by Credit Karma. Coverage of Sunday Night Baseball begins 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app and 7 Eastern on ESPN. I will be sure to keep my shirt on and come back in just a moment. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.